welcome to Minute 16 of Season 3 of Movie Rob Minute, the daily podcast where we yippee our way through the 1988 Bruce Willis action flick, Die Hard, one minute at a time. I'm Rob, and joining me today, and hopefully all week if he decides to actually stick around, is Alex Robinson of uh, a little podcast that some of you might know about called uh, the Star Wars Minute or, or something like that. I think you guys have had like one or two seasons so far, right? Something like that? Something like that. Yeah, yeah. something like that. Welcome to the show, Alex. Thank you for, for agreeing to, to be on. Oh, I'm uh, happy to be here. Delighted. Well, we'll see if at the end of the week you're still happy to be here. But, uh, you know, that's, <laughs> All right. we'll see how that is. No, I mean, I, I, I bring that up because, you know, I, I teased last week to, to everyone listening that, you know, I'm having a guest on this week that has never seen the movie in its entirety and will be only talking about these minutes because you won't watch the rest of the movie. Do you want to give a little explanation about that? Yeah, so you approached me and asked me if I wanted, if I was uh, up for doing Die Hard Minute, and uh, I said yes, but I was up front, and I said I've never seen Die Hard, and uh, I think it's one of the most interesting parts of me, so I was reluctant to give it up, like if, like, if I see Die Hard, then I'm just another schlub who saw Die Hard, you know what I mean, so this way it's like kind of a you know, it's like someone who's never, um, you mean, you, know, you don't have uh, enough special things about you that you want this to be the special thing about you that you've never seen. I, I don't like it. Or that you I won't see that. I think it's the top three most interesting things about. Oh, wow. Okay. What are the other two that, you know, everything about uh, Star Wars? Is that one of them? I've never seen Die Hard 2 and I've never <laughs> seen Die Hard 4. Okay. Oh, you've seen the third one? I saw the third one. It's the only oh. Die Hard I've seen. All right. Well, so, the, uh, the plan is for me to eventually do all five. So, you know, start getting ready to, to do minutes of those where you haven't seen the rest of the movies, you know, so. Okay. <laughs> you only yourself. want me on ones that I have not seen. The no, I want you on all of them. I, I would want you on all of them. Okay. I, I, I want you on three, especially because then, you know, we mm -hmm. can actually discuss what happens in the movie, not just what happens yeah, on the in those minutes. So, uh, oh, okay. So I. So I apologize to your listeners. I'm sure I'm going to be raising questions and bringing up stuff, and they're going to be like, "It's so if you've seen the movie, you know who that is, and you know what the deal is." So, uh, no, but know, that's fine. That's, that's part of the fun. That's part of the fun. Yeah. I, I I gotta say that I mean, this is my third season doing this, so I've done uh, close to 300 episodes so far in all three mm -hmm. seasons together. And this is the first time where I've had a guest who has only watched these minutes. So it's huh. going to be interesting for me too. You know, I, I have had guests that watched the movie, you know, either The Great Escape or Plane Strange Automobiles for the very first time in order to be on the right. show. But I've never had anybody who has just looked at this, the, the little slot of five minutes that we're talking about. So it's going to be interesting. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Hopefully you are. Hopefully, Hopefully our listeners are, too. <laughs> you know, we get to, yeah. you get, get to hear Alex. No, but what I asked before was, is what are the other two special things about you that you said? You said it's one of your top three special things. That you've never seen Die Hard. Yeah. So I'm, I asked, what are the other two? Um, I went uh, skydiving one time, and um, uh, all right, it's one of the two most interesting things about <laughs> me. <laughs> there you go, skydiving and never having seen Die Hard on purpose. Okay, those are I fair. don't know if I don't those know. Those are if, fair. Uh, I, I feel like it might be something no one you can't really say what. Like what you think are the most interesting parts might not be what other people find interesting. 
Right. So I, I would, to, I would to... think on on your on the list of the the special things or most interesting things about Alex Robinson, I would assume that Star Wars knowledge is somewhere very high up there. I would I would you know it would, I would be amiss to say that that the fact that you've never seen Die Hard wouldn't be higher than that. You would think that, but I just got back from <laughs> as of this recording. I just got from from Star Wars Celebration, which is filled with Star Wars nerds. It's basically like a giant convention of Star Wars nerds. Yeah. And when you're in that crowd, you re- I realize like I don't really know that much about Star Wars because you know it's like it's like so yeah, I'm pretty good at uh, running. And then you're like, yeah, now I'm going to go to the Olympics to see how I do against uh, the you know the top minds. So. Um, I do know probably I know more about Star Wars than the average person. That's probably true. Right. But uh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> okay. All right. That that's fair. That's fair. We'll we'll, yeah. we'll 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 maybe we'll dip into it a little bit this week and find out uh, a little bit more about your your history. By the end of the week, let's with I'm try to figure out the uh, my other two interesting uh, aspects of okay. myself. So all right, that that's fair too. All right. So yeah. minute sixteen begins with uh, Holly making John an offer he can't refuse. And oh, ends with both John and Holly starting to get very defensive. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the minute starts off with, well, yesterday's minute ended with John asking for a place where he can go, uh, you know, wash up. And then Holly takes him to a, an office, which we assume is Ellis's office. Now, you don't know who Ellis is, so because <laughs> he's not in these minutes. <laughs> Ellis, Ellis is a co-worker of Holly who John catches uh, snorting cocaine in Holly's office, played by mm. uh, Hart Bachner. Okay, mm. and in order to try and get out of there, they sort of use the excuse that he wants to go wash up, and then they go to to a different office, which, according to the script, is Ellis's office, but it's never identified as Ellis's office in the movie itself. But it's in mm-hmm. some big office that has its own, you know, little uh, bathroom. Yeah. Or, uh, I wouldn't yeah. even call it a little bathroom. It has a, a very large bathroom to to be able to wash yeah. up in. And then the two of them start talking about things, and Holly asks him where he's going to be staying, and he says he's going to be staying at an old uh, captain of his who who moved to uh, Pomona, which is apparently about a forty five minute drive from where they are right now. We don't we don't know where Holly lives, so we don't know the exact distance between the houses, but we know that from Century City where the Nakatomi building is supposed to be to Pomona is about a 45 minute drive, probably without traffic. So, you know, it's, so the last words of Friday's minute was Holly saying, God, you'll be in the car half the time. So Mm -hmm. we start off this minute with Holly suggesting, well, why don't we just make it easier? I have a spare bedroom. I mean, it's not huge or anything, but the kids would love to have you at the house. Okay. Mm -hmm. So first of all, I'm assuming you realize that, that this is a husband and wife. Correct. Or you weren't sure about Yeah, that? first I wasn't sure, but then one yeah, based on when she said the part about the kids, I assumed she was referring to their mutual kids. Uh and this was not just some hookup that she brings home every now and then <laughs> to show to her kids. <laughs> okay. It could be. Could be But this was definitely not what I was expecting from a diehard movie, this sort of little domestic uh <laughs> drama going on. So uh, it was a pleasant yeah. surprise. It's it's actually very integral to the entire plot, the fact that the two of them are having this this riff at the beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you, as you mentioned that you've seen Die Hard 3, so we know that at the end of Die Hard 3, or throughout Die Hard 3, th- he still does have some sort of rift with his wife. Because, you know, mm-hmm. he basically said he hung up the phone and, and you know, 
and he hasn't called her back. And that's why the whole time, you know, uh, Zeus wants to give him a dime to go call his wife, you know, mm-hmm. in order to try and patch things up. But, right. you know, that that's never mentioned anywhere beyond, you know, three. I mean, she she appears physically. Uh, Bonnie Bedelia, the, the actress and the character of Holly, appears physically in this movie and in the second movie. But she's nowhere to be seen in three, four, or five. So hmm. hopefully we'll eventually get there and, and discuss that at that point. But, you know, this is what it is. So, I mean, first of all, I, I find it funny that she says, why don't we make it easy? You know, it's mm-hmm. she's making the offer here. <laughs> so it, yeah. it it's more like, why don't I make it easy? You know, and you know it's the, the fact, royal we, the editorial we. But what's the royal we? If they're if the two of them are married, they're obviously they've been separated for six months. Okay, which which we'll yeah. get to a little bit later in this minute. We talk about that, but you know they're they're, they're separated. So you know the fact yeah. that she's even offering, you know, she's saying you can come and stay at the house, and you can even stay in the spare bedroom, meaning, mm-hmm. you know that, you know I I made sure that I have a spare bedroom in this in this house for you to be able to stay and if you ever decide to come and visit mm-hmm. you know that type of thing we, we saw a little bit of the interior of the house in i think the end of the first week of the of mm-hmm. and it the the living room di- or the dining room kitchen area is pretty big so i'm assuming it's a pretty big house so it's pretty funny that she's saying that she has a small spare bedroom it's not huge or anything but then again she's living in la now so maybe for her you know, huge, huge is something else. Maybe it depends on what she's comparing it to. You know, I'm assuming that their apartment in New York was probably smaller. Do you, is she inviting him for a short-term stay or a long-term stay? Uh, a short-term stay. He's come to visit for Christmas. By the way, this is Christmas okay. Eve. If you didn't, if you didn't yeah, catch it's that It's just weird that she says, oh, it's not a huge, it's not the biggest room or something. Like, does anyone ever say like that? Like, oh, yeah. you have a guest room? How big is it? Oh, exactly. you know, no, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna use it. You know, I'll spend time with my kids. Uh, how big is the guest room? Exactly. Forget it. I'll stay yeah. at the hotel down at the uh, down at the fork. I'll I'll go stay at uh, Cap Roberts. You know, I'd I'd rather do the 45 minute drive than have to stay in a small bedroom yeah. because Cap probably has a yeah. bigger place for me to stay. You know, it could be it's probably just like a fold out bed. Yeah, that's true. Also, you know, I mean, you you, you would also think. I mean, there, there's the whole question is, you know, what's their relationship like at this point? You know, is it that the two of them want to get back together or don't want to get back together? You know, who knows? I mean, they, they keep going back and forth during this during these conversations as to, yeah. you know, whether, you know, what the two of them want. You know, do, does he want to get back together with her? Does she want to get back together with him? You know, she also made a very strange comment at the end of, of Friday's minute where she basically said, you know, everything happened so quickly. I forgot to ask you where you're going to stay, which is also like yeah. very strange because, you know, here, yeah. you know, it's, it, she's, it's not her ex-husband. It's her husband who didn't come to LA with her and the kids, you know, yeah. for, because of, uh, you know, business opportunities and stuff like that. So it, it's yeah, all this time. Uh, apparently. Apparently. And then his response is when, when she says the kids would love to have you there, he goes, well, they would, huh? You know, meaning he, he sounds a little cocky by saying, oh, it's just the kids who want me to stay there. Mm-hmm. You know, because again, it's not the kids who are, who are making this offer. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, you know, you can. Yeah. yeah. That's like that line in Empire Strikes Back. Yes. Like they, like they need me. What about you need me? Exactly. You know? Correct. 
So that's maybe, maybe they copied it from from uh, the empires. You never know. It is possible. Yeah. <laughs> Off is, does look like it's Christmas time. It is snowy there, so maybe that it was well, a Christmas movie. It's snowy in L.A. No. No, no, I mean, because Die Hard is famously a Christmas movie. So. Oh, you're talking about Hoff. Hoff yeah, is Hoff, 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 <laughs> well, Yeah, that was the scene where he says, I and you need me. What about, you know, right, anyway. no, I, I know where that was, but I'm saying that there, yeah. there's snow. So maybe it was Christmas on Hoff, but it's not, you know, there's there's no snow on the ground in Christmas in L.A. Yeah, you it's know. always Christmas in yeah, uh, Hoff. Apparently. Yeah, why not? You know, could be. So, <laughs> and then... It's as if he's looking at her while she while he says they would, huh? And as if he sees something in her eye, you know, or maybe this it's just wishful thinking, you know, that maybe he catches something mm-hmm. that maybe she actually does want him to stay there. And then her response is, "Well, I would too." So she she Aww. sort of gives in and says, "You know what? Yeah, I, I think I would also like you to stay with us. You know, you're still staying yeah. in the very small spare bedroom, <laughs> but I'd still like to have you around." You know, maybe I need maybe I need some something's fixed in the house. You know, maybe you can, uh, you know, uh, the the toilet needs a little jiggling. I don't know. You know, <laughs> well, so you think she has ulterior motives? Just uh, it could be trying to get him the house to do uh, to do some some uh, some you know yeah handyman stuff. Yeah, <laughs> and the, then the the moment is broken when the door is quickly bursts open and a a uh, drunk couple. You know, burst into the room, right? And you know, they they Christmas Eve. They're looking for they're looking for privacy, and they're not mm-hmm. going to get it there. So they say, "Oops, sorry." And uh, you know, they 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 walk back out. Now, for me, this this was this is, I mean, I've seen this movie tons and tons of times, but you know, when you as as you know, when you watch something minute by minute, even if you've seen it so many times, you will notice things that you didn't notice beforehand. And I mean, it's just very strange. That okay, they're in an executive office. It doesn't matter whose office, whether it's Ellis's or someone else's, it doesn't matter. A party is going on on the 30th floor. Okay. You're on they, these people are on the 30th floor. Okay. This couple are looking mm-hmm. for a place for a little bit of hanky panky, and they're gonna go into mm-hmm. one of their boss's offices mm-hmm. that anyone can just pop in on. You'd think that they maybe they would try and go to a different floor. Or, you know, you, you try and find some secluded place, but why go into someone's office where there's the off chance that someone might actually come into that office? The person whose office that is. Maybe that's what they're into. Maybe that's be. the thrill of it. it. It could be. It could be. <laughs> but if that was the thrill of it, they 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 left pretty quickly. Because I guess the thrill is is not to actually find people in the room. <laughs> you yeah, know. The thrill is to is the risk of being caught. Yeah, of not- course. Like, of course, of course. you don't go in immediately. And, okay, that's it. The game's over. Yeah, you, yeah, you got, for sure. Uh, no, that I know. Yeah. I'm just, uh, you know, it's just it's just pretty interesting that, you know, the way that this works. I mean, you haven't seen it, but the, this couple actually show up again uh, next week. But you'll never know why. <laughs> so that's fine. <laughs> I uh, I hope, I and I don't think I remember seeing them in, in uh, Die Hard 2, in Die Hard 3, but I would hope that the they would have put them in every movie as like a good luck charm. Like they would always show up at an inopportune time. This couple would burst into a room making out and then be like, oh, and then immediately leave and there would be no explanation for why that was happening. Well, apparently they didn't do that because they're not in any other. Hmm. This is the only one they appear in. You missed it, Die Hard. You had your chance. Apparently. Too bad. John McTurnan mm-hmm. just, just missed that chance. You know, instead he decided to uh, do wiretaps instead, you know. 
You know the story about that, right? No, John, John McTiernan, the director of this movie and Predator and Die Hard 3 also, and a whole bunch of other movies, uh, Hunt for Red October, uh, Medicine Man with, mm-hmm. with uh, Sean Connery also. He mm-hmm. basically went to jail because he wiretapped one of his co-producers during, in, in I think it was like 2003, he wiretapped it because he was, he was getting paranoid that they were going to try and like push him out or anything like that. And then he started getting into a messy divorce and wiretapped his wife's phone also, and also got caught with that. And he ended up going to jail for about a year. And he became a, oh a persona God. non grata in Hollywood. Wiretapping? <laughs> what a strange crime to, to have your career ruined over. Yes. Wow. Apparently. Well, paranoia. What can you do? <laughs> <laughs> but you think now, I mean, I don't know. It seems like on the scale of things that Hollywood actors and directors do, it doesn't seem like that bad of a, you know, Roman Polanski can still get work, but this guy can't for doing wiretapping? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Apparently, John McTernan is not on the same level as Roman Polanski. That's what it comes down to. Yeah. He yeah. must have made some enemies along the way who powerful enemies. Apparently. But anyway. Well, again, maybe he was wiretapping all of his powerful enemies' uh, phones, and that's what caused the problems. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> so, I mean, Holly smirks at this situation, you know, about this couple that bursts in. And and the question is, is, why is she smirking? Is she smirking because maybe she's reminiscing about what she and John used to do when they were single? You know, that they would, they would yeah. you know, try and go around. Is it maybe because she knows who these characters are? And it's like, oh, I, I knew they would get together. Or I knew that they're the ones who are always, everyone finds in various offices in compromising positions. I don't know. <laughs> Could be. They're in all the movies. And, well, they're supposed to be in all the movies, I, but they just don't get caught in any of the others. I feel <laughs> like it's more of just the the kind of uh, uncomfortable contrast between this young, horny couple. Yeah. And they're, and then, on the other hand, you have Bruce Willis and his deteriorating marriage to yes. uh, Bonnie Bedelia. Correct. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. And then she she conf- confirms that she, she does miss him because she says, well, I, I miss you. And that just opens a yeah. whole new can of worms because his response is, well, I guess you didn't miss my name, though, except maybe when signing checks. You know, now- that is the clunkiest wise guy line I've ever heard <laughs> in a uh, in a, a, a situation like this. First of all, who misses a name? That's that's a that's a that's a, a weird thing to open with. Oh, I guess you didn't miss my name right. because you're signing checks. I don't know. Right. Okay. Well, like again, they, there's 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 a lot of flaws. Done it over here. Bruce Willis just said, "Hold on, I, got, I can do a better one than that." <laughs> and thought for a second, like, okay, give me another one. Well, that's right. kind of like a. When you get home, you'd be like, you didn't miss my name. Why did I say that? Exactly. But yeah, clearly he has other things that distract him. So yeah, I'm sure he. Whatever. Yeah. There's, a, there's a lot of problems with with this this line anyway. I mean, first of all, let me just give you a little bit of background on this. When when he gets to the building, so he's trying to find where she is, and they have this this fancy 1988 computer which has a touchpad that you you know punch in the the letter of the person you're looking for the letter of their last name, and mm-hmm. then you can see, you know, where their offices are. And he presses on M looking for Holly McLean, and there's nothing there. So then he goes to G for Holly Gennaro, which is her maiden name, and finds her. Mm-hmm. And he gets a little upset about the fact that she's using that name. You know, she's using her maiden name. Sure. And then when last week he is taken to her office, so he notices that on the door of her office, you know, it says Miss Gennaro. 
as opposed to misses, you know. So, what we're, mm-hmm. you know, and that's part of what we're getting into right now. Now, first of all, it's really funny. You know, he says when you're signing checks, why would you be signing checks from from their joint account at this point? Because, you know, she's got this high class business job. I'm assuming she's making a hell of mm-hmm. a lot more money than he is right now. You know, she's mm-hmm. she's, you know, second in command or third in command of the the offices of Nakatomi in L.A. You know, it's a pretty high level position. You know, he's got his, uh, you know, New York detective salary. So, you know, why yeah. why is she signing checks? Why is she signing signing checks from from their joint account? She should be just signing her new checks. You know, which obviously will say Gennaro on them because you know she's making the big bucks in not in height. Oh, actually, we're never really sure what they do in Nakatomi. It's not really completely explained. I, I think that's part of the MacGuffin here that we don't really know what the business, you know, what their conglomerate is trying to produce or anything like that. And I don't think it really makes a difference, but yeah, you know, she's, she's definitely making more money than he is at this point. Now I looked up how much a New York cop, a detective makes today, as opposed to what they made. I, I was the closest I was able to get is 1990. Right. So you have a guess as to how much you think, the the average salary again every you know everyone's salary has their own components and stuff like that but where would you think it would be and um i'll say $35,000 a year so you're talking about back in 1989 or 1990 or today um whichever whichever one you want to give 1990 i'll say it was $35,000 Okay, 1990 was actually $49,000. That was the the average pay for for a sergeant or the equivalent. So it's a a detective. Now, 35,000, which is what you said, is what an entry-level patrol officer made in 1990. So you're pretty close. That's pretty good. Okay. All right, so kudos to you on that one. That's close. Now, do they have children, the the McLean? Yes, they have two children. Okay, so that's what I assume the checks are. I assume he has to write child support checks. Yeah, but when uh, why would, maybe okay, you know what? I never even thought about that. So when she's signing the back of the check, you're saying, I guess they didn't do money transfers at that point. <laughs> he had to send the check in the mail across the country. Yeah, probably it could be, could be. But again, she should be paying him because she's making a lot more than he is. Well, you know, they, they we'll have, get into the, the whole alimony yeah, and child support yeah, system sure. entirely different yeah, yeah, sure. kettle of fish. We'll, 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 uh, um, we'll bypass that. <laughs> yeah. So I guess he was writing out the checks to her saying, and it would say um, Bonnie McLean. Holly, Holly. And then Holly that's McLean. when she would. Right. Holly McLean. And that's when she would be signing his old name that he is mad that she doesn't miss. Wow. Okay. I, yeah, I never even thought about that. I would, that. That makes a lot of sense. That definitely makes a lot so of sense. So she's cashing this check. She's not writing right. the checks. She's with, cashing it. With his name. She's, yeah. Right. What, what's, what's the phrase? You're, you're cashing um, checks. Uh, your body can't, wait, you're, what is it? You're cashing checks. Your body, your body can't cover something like that. You're, you're writing checks. Your, your, your butt can't cash. Right. Okay. Something like that. That's something like yeah. that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, exactly. So uh, as of 2021, the average detective in New York makes $95,000 a year. Okay. So it means that it's pretty much doubled over the last uh, 30 Mm -hmm. years. Right now, something I found very interesting, which 
isn't related to this movie, it's more related to the to Die Hard 2, is that detectives or police police officers in LA make a lot more money than those in New York for the same type of work. Right? Hmm. So a detective in LA nowadays, again, according to the research I did, makes $157,000 a year, as opposed to mm-hmm. the 95000 that one makes in New York. So for all hmm. you New York- I'm surprised at that. For all you New York detectives that are listening to this, I think it's worth your while to uproot your family and move to LA if you want to get paid a little more. <laughs> so- Yeah. Yeah. No, I just found that pretty interesting huh. that, that there's such a discrepancy between them. You know, maybe you think it would be the opposite because New York is such a more unpleasant place to live that you think that they would get paid more. But no, but I, I guess whole. I guess an example would be Beverly Hills Cop. Have you seen Beverly Hills Cop? I have seen Beverly Hills okay, Cop. So you see the conditions that that Axel Foley has in Detroit and then you see the conditions that yeah. the, that that the same level detectives have in L.A. It's a little different. <laughs> Oh yeah, it's, totally. it's more upscale. So you think that they would be paying them more at that point, All right? Hmm. And then John continues. It's certainly more than Detroit. Yeah, for sure. Hey, I'm from Detroit. Be careful. I haven't lived there in 30 years, but that's fine. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> I I didn't live in the area where Axel Foley was working. You know, I I lived in the <laughs> suburbs. <laughs> yeah, I, I probably can count on one hand the number of times that I was in the vicinity of where Axel Foley worked. <laughs> you know, it's not really an area that that uh, you'd find uh, support suburban teens going. Yeah. So yeah. So and John continues by saying, "Since when did you start using Miss Gennaro?" And then Holly sighs, and her response is, "This is a Japanese company. They figured a married woman's got one foot." And then he cuts her off and says, "You are a married woman, Holly." You're married to me. And then her response is, are we going to have this conversation again? And that's pretty much how the the, the minute ends. So <laughs> the funny thing is, is, like her sigh here makes it sound as if, okay, we've had this discussion already before. You know, mm-hmm. we're, we're, we're just rehashing yeah. things. We're, we're, we're having the same fight that we've had so many times over the last six months. It's not worth getting into again or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Right. But I, I think her logic here doesn't work. You know, by saying I'm in a Japanese hmm. company and they're going to think a married woman. First of all, they know she's a married woman. You know, mm-hmm. she has, uh, well, you haven't seen it on in her office. She has pictures of all of her kids. Uh, she pictures of her two kids. She has numerous pictures of, of her mm-hmm. two kids. And she has one portrait of the four of them. You know, John Holly. So you're talking about her nieces and nephews? It could be. <laughs> It could be, but I'm assuming that when people see the picture of of her and her husband and her niece and nephew, it would be a little strange. Mm-hmm. You know, it's 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 a mm-hmm. family portrait of Holly, her brother, and her niece and nephew. Maybe it could be. Yeah, maybe it could be. Mm-hmm. But you know, again, yeah, you're right. That does seem like a bit. That does seem like flimsy logic to say like the company wouldn't like it. That's why I put all these pictures of you yeah. and our kids around the, yeah. Uh, well, there's only, why would you have pictures there's of only one picture. on the table on the desk anyway? Right. There's only one picture of him and she gets frustrated at one point and, and it puts it face down, which is mm. integral later in the movie. The fact that, that, that the bad guys aren't able to see what her husband looks like. 
but that's you know it's right it, it's 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 good script writing to have that scene at the beginning you know where where it pops up right. a little bit later but even if it does contradict her not wanting the company to know she's married right exactly <laughs> but yeah so it it just yeah. it's it's hard to buy it but okay Okay, and and again, how could it affect things? She's she she interviewed. She won that. She got the job. You know, I'm assuming that you know her boss is not going to say, "Oh, you're married. I'm not going to take you for this position." You know, she's if she's qualified enough and she's willing to uproot her niece and nephew to fly with her from New York to L.A. You know, yeah. You you think They'll probably catch on. You think that at some point someone's going to catch on exactly. So yeah. So that that's pretty much the way this, this minute goes. Did you, did you have anything else you wanted to say about this minute? Well, the only other note I had was that, um, uh, you know, I have seen other Bruce Willis movies since the, like this movie came out. Um, you have or have not? This is obviously, I have, oh, you have. seen okay. other ones. I was going to say, wow. Uh, yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> no, no, I In 34 have. years, you uh, haven't but, seen any Bruce Willis movies. Okay. Yeah. But, um, but it's I was shocked at how young he looked like because I guess in my head I'm thinking of Bruce Willis like since then. the bald Bruce Willis and, the shaved head Bruce Willis you know yeah and he almost looks like it almost looks like to me like another actor doing a Bruce Willis imitation <laughs> to me that's what, it's weird it almost looks like he, he looks very it's it's like uncanny valley to me but uh, so that's a weird um Wow. Uh, unexpected uh, reaction I had. Yeah, okay. That, that makes it looks did, like. Did you ever see Moonlighting? I never watched Moonlighting. Right. Okay. I mean, I, I think you're a few years younger than, younger than I am. I was born in 74. So. Uh, I was born in 69. Oh, really? Okay, there you go. See, you're five years older than me. Yeah. Okay, there you go. <laughs> For some reason, I always thought that you were a little younger than me. Oh, well, I, I was wrong. Yeah. It's not it's my it's my exuberant spirit. People of course, think I'm younger. Of course, that's fine. Mm -hmm. That's fair. Yeah. So no, so I'm actually surprised you haven't seen any episodes of Moonlighting because it was so popular, you know, in the '80s during the two seasons that it was on. Because it was so quirky. Yeah. It was. It was like a very yeah. Quirky I definitely, Remington I definitely field remember people talking about it, but for some reason, I didn't watch too many like hour dramas when I was like I was in high school when Die Hard when Die Hard when Moonlighting was on. Well, Moonlighting came out I just the same wasn't time. watching. He he was filming Die Hard and Moonlighting at the same time. Right. You know, so. I didn't see Die Hard and I and, <laughs> and I, awesome. I was in high school I didn't watch many hour dramas, so uh so that's uh right. okay. that's probably why I never I never watched Moonlighting. Okay, that's fair. Um, that's fair. All right, so one of the things that that I but yeah, one of the things I do every day is also discuss the the discrepancies in the script. Okay, so mm -hmm. the the script there's a, a few this isn't like plane trains automobiles, plane trains automobiles. There was 132 minutes of the original cut of the movie that they cut out. But it's all in the script. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, because yeah. Plinching Automobiles is 93 minutes, but they filmed the first cut was almost four hours. It was, Jeez. it was three hours and 45 minutes. So, when I, when I did that one, mm -hmm. I really went through and there was a lot of stuff that was cut out to here. Most of them are just discrepancies in the way that the lines are, are said. And I also love descriptions in the script. Because they do such a great job mm -hmm. of describing situations, you know, and it's just fun to see the way that they did. So, so basically, Holly starts off by saying, "Look, let's 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 make this easy. I have a spare bedroom. It's not huge, but huge. But the kids would love to have you at the house. So, there's there's none of this. Uh, uh, we let. Why don't we make it easy? You know, that was I guess right. either ad libbed or you know somehow 
you know, they changed it on the spot or whatever. And then his, right. it says, uh, McLean fixes her with a look. And then he goes, they would, huh? And then it says, Holly, honest, I would too. And says, they lock eyes for a moment. But it's an intense moment that says a lot about how they still feel about each other. Just then a man and a woman, both a little tipsy, open the door to the office, see that it's occupied and beat a hasty retreat. The interruption temporarily, temporarily dents the mood. Holly tries to smile. But for McLean, it's the last frustration. And then Holly says, I've missed you. And McLean goes, especially my name. You must miss it every time you write a check. When did you start calling yourself Miss Gennaro? See, in the script, he says writing a check as opposed to signing a check. So. Right, yeah. And then she says. Yeah. She responds, this is a Japanese company. It says caught. This is a Japanese company. You know, they figure a married woman, she's on her on the way out the door. You know, earlier in, in the, the, the final cut, it just says, you know, on it's what does it say? It says a married woman's got one foot as opposed to on the way out the door. She's hump, hopping around on yeah. one foot. If you're a married woman, you're hopping around on one foot, on one foot, right? Eileen. Exactly. And very true. And then John responds by saying, sure, it's unnerving. I remember this one particular married woman. She went out the door so fast. There was practically a jet wash. I mean, talk about your wind chill factor. And that's how the minute basically ends that's from good. that. I mean, I'm glad they cut it out. It's a little too wordy. It's too yeah, much it's weird because he's referring to her. Yeah. He's basically saying, you know, you, you just picked up and moved. And yeah. So, I mean, it's nice to see the changes that are made. And, you know, most of the time you, you look at it, you look at the, the changes and you say, all right, I'm glad they made that change. You know, it's nice to see what yeah. it originally was, but you know, it's nice to see the, the slight changes. I mean, you guys weren't able to get the scripts of every Star Wars movie, but when you were, were you able to find, can you think of something offhand that was that you found was great that you found in the script that in the end wasn't in the movie? Um, not especially great things. Not like I mean, in noteworthy things. I mean, Star Wars has been so uh, um, you know exhaustively the deleted scenes have all been you know surfaced and 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 stuff like that you know the and sometimes put back in the obviously the famous yeah. job of the hut scene yeah, of and, uh, but i can't think of anything that i was like most of the stuff that i think that i've seen cut out was like oh that was good like there's supposed to be a whole womp a scene of the wampas attacking yeah, yeah. echo base right. and where where, where, where people puts up the sign you know, in order for the or pulls yeah. down, sorry pulls down the sign in order for the stormtroopers to go into the room where they've caught all the wampas. You know, right? Yeah, and get ambushed and stuff. And uh, but and I can't think of I can think of very I mean conceptually there were some things that I'm like oh that would have been a cool uh, thing if they included it. You know, like the fact that Obi Wan and and Uncle Owen were supposed to be brothers, uh, clone clones of the or brothers or clones yeah. of the same person. Right. <laughs> so uh, stuff like that, but. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I feel like most of the times in most movies, you're you, you're seeing bullets that you've dodged when you find yes. out about deleted scenes or or cut uh, you know cut bits of business. So uh, it's probably for the yeah, best. Yeah, for sure. All right, great. So every yeah. Monday we have a segment called Die Hard on a Monday, where my guests will give their mm-hmm. top five uh, Die Hard genre type movies. So mm-hmm. we'll we'll start with number five and work our way up. So why don't you go ahead and and tell us what your your five favorite diehard type movies that you might have seen. 
<laughs> well, here that's the problem is, uh, as we know, I have not seen Die Hard. Uh, it's already been established, and uh, I have not seen too many Die Hard ripoffs either. Uh, I even looked up a. I even went on the internet and looked up, uh, you know, Die Hard on a blank, and see lists that people compiled of of uh, of, of their favorites know, from the Die Hard <laughs> type movies, and almost none of them have I seen. Wow. So, so my list is actually only three entries long. Okay. Uh, including all, um, only one of which is a movie, unfortunately. Okay. So I'm not sure if you want to go first. No, I don't do mine. Do, I, do I, I do mine on, on okay. I'll do mine on the final episode. Okay. So here's my three then. Um, number one would be speed. Wait, number, you're going, of, you're going from best to worst type of thing, even though there's it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Okay. <laughs> so you've seen speed. Okay. So, yeah. I'll go, I'll go, I'll go worst to best. Okay. I'll go worst to best. Okay. Uh, Speed, the original one with uh, uh, Sandy Bullock and, uh, and Keanu Reeves. Um, number two would be uh, the Star Trek Next Generation episode, Starship Mine, which is basically Captain Picard playing the diehard, playing the uh, John McClane role. He's alone on the Enterprise. It gets taken over by space pirates, and it's up to him and only him to climb through some Jeffrey's tubes and ducts to uh, get the ship back. Okay, I remember that episode. That's a good. That's a, that was actually a very good episode. Do Do you think that? Oh, yeah, do you think yeah. that was based on the idea of Die Hard? Do you think the writer said, "Wow, uh, we've this movie just came out recently. Let's put Picard in a situation where where he's John McClane." I've never seen that any of the creators admit that, but uh, yeah, I've every review of the show i've seen mentions that it's like die you know like an episode of die hard. die hard on the enterprise so, D. Uh, okay yeah exactly so i feel like it uh it had to uh had to be that okay maybe patrick stewart was you know <laughs> uh and lastly so my final thing then would be several dozen episodes of the television program program brooklyn 99 the main character, Jake Peralta, is a huge Die Hard fan, and they do many, many, many homages to Die Hard on the uh, the show, including a lot of different jobs that are like, oh, this is just like Die Hard, where I have to go in and do this. So um, that would be, I don't know if it's not a particular episode, okay. but uh, you know, it's a, it's a you know, recurring theme on the show. Okay, yeah. Now, I, I, watched the first, I watched the first two seasons of Brooklyn Nine-Nine, and it just got to be too much for me. You know, I, I, just, I, I, I didn't, you know, I, I didn't like the type of humor. You know, I'm, 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 I, I still prefer nineties, eighties uh, and nineties sitcom humor. You know, I, I think the way that that sitcom humor has changed over the years is just, it, it's just not for me. You know, I, I find it to be too tongue in cheek, yeah. as opposed to funny. You know, but that's me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, everyone has different yeah, tastes. Of course. But uh... if we all had the same taste, everything would be boring. I'm yeah. a firm believer. Oh, because then we couldn't have debates and discussions about things because everyone would say, "Oh sure. yeah. yeah," you'd say, "Oh, I, I think this and this and this," and of course I do too. You know, like okay, that's the end of the conversation. You know, there's nothing, yeah, nothing new to add, and that's what we want. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Thank you very much for that. Do you want to tell people how they can uh, get in touch with you, Alex? Well, I'm the co-host of a little podcast called Star Wars Minute, where we do what to Star Wars movies, what you are doing with uh, here with the Die Hard. I, uh, I think it's the opposite. As of the, when this... <laughs> I think I'm doing what you guys yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Yes. Um, so uh, when this is coming out, I guess we'll be close to the end of Solo, a Star Wars story. Um, that should be 
in its closing weeks by the time. Uh, so there's plenty of time for your listeners to go and check it out and uh, check. We've done, this is our 10th season of shows. So uh, if you do like it, you got plenty more back catalog to, uh, to track down. And uh, yes, you can find that at StarWarsMinute.com or wherever you download your podcasts from. Excellent. And finding me is very simple. Just do a quick search for Movie Rob Minute. You can find me on Facebook, find me on Twitter, or you can go to my website. So until tomorrow, yippee ki yay Yippee-ki-yay! yippee